0: Hi and welcome along to Early Excellence's Head to Head podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm Sarah Carey, School Improvement Lead here at Early Excellence and in these podcasts I'll be connecting with real head teachers and school leaders. We'll be discussing hot topics in primary and early years education and sharing some real experiences. So keep listening to hear more about school inspections and impactful school improvement strategies. So today I'm really pleased to be joined by Emma Johnson, head teacher of Ravenhead Head C of e Primary School, and also Alex. So lovely to see you both. Lovely to see you again, Sarah. Hi. Oh, hi. It's great to speak with you both. And I know I'm really looking forward to hearing about your experiences and thoughts about your Ofsted inspection. And I'm sure lots of school leaders and colleagues will probably find it a useful listen to. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you for taking the time. Um, I think probably a a good place to start would be for you to tell us a little bit about yourselves and your school, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, no problem at all. So I'm Emma Johnson. I'm the head teacher at Ravenshead C of E Primary. Um, I took over the headship in April 2020. So about two weeks into lockdown, which obviously has its strengths and -hmm. had its challenges. Um, I think just like all schools, Covid was and, and continues to be a challenge for us but actually it was a great time to start a new headship and it it forced the community to really come together uh, and I think as a result of that we are stronger and it, it just afforded us some time to make some changes. So um, Alex, do you want to introduce
2: yourself? Yeah hi I'm Alex Sutcliffe, um, I'm the early years lead at Ravenshead Sea of e prime I'm also the lead for behaviour um, across the school. I came here four years ago, um, moved from Derbyshire and um, I've been in early years leadership for many moons now, Um, so it's my thing. So I was in situ with the the old head um, before Emma took over. Yeah,
1: so our school is a two-form entry primary school. We're in a very leafy, beautiful uh, Nottinghamshire village called Ravenshead. Um, What's worth noting is about 50% of our children come from the village, which is quite an affluent village, and about 50% come from other surrounding villages. Um, The children in our school come from an area with low levels of social disadvantage, but certainly compared with other primary schools in Nottinghamshire. We have fewer than average pupils from minority ethnic groups and fewer than average whose first language isn't English. Um, but interesting, the proportion of pupils with learning difficulties
2: or disabilities um, is above the national average. Yeah, that's a really interesting point to make um, because that that is the case and it's continuing to rise. So our lovely Ofsted inspection said, uh, said in the first sentence that we were a nurturing and inclusive school. Um, and yes, that's what we are. But the, the kind of other side to that is that we attract um, many children with complex needs. So we are above the national average now, and and that number is continuing to continuing to increase regularly. Yeah. Um, so and the needs that we're getting in now are are very complex needs. So they're children with a mixed range range of needs, um, which has become quite challenging for yes. us. But we 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 love it. <laughs>
0: Good, good. Thank you. That's really useful to, to get some context behind the schools we're talking to. And certainly um, when you start talking about leafy green and, and a village, but actually giving us more information about what that actually looks like and the number of children that are joining your setting outside of your village and also that that level of need as well. So, of course, every school is is unique, um, but I'm sure there'll be people out there who can probably draw some comparisons with that. So, so really useful. OK, so I believe you got the call, to coin a phrase, back in March 2022? We did. Uh, we were expecting
1: the call. Uh, we were last inspected uh, June 2016. And as you say, the call actually came in March. We were a good school at the time of getting the co- the call. And I'm thankful to say that we continue to be so now. Um, it was quite a late call. Um, we were five years and two terms between inspections. So, you know, we were very overdue. And yeah, a- anxiety levels were high. Let's put it that way. And I I was driving everybody mad because I was taking to stalking the school website <laughs> daily uh, to see if there was any unusual um, activity. So yeah, it was quite a stressful time. But The call always comes, really, when you're least expecting it, though. So um, I will tell you a very funny story about when we had the call because we were practising a fire drill on the field and we had about 400 children lined up. It was a Monday morning. Uh, It was about 11 o'clock and I was just dismissing all of the children back to their classes and just supervising to see what was going on. And out of the corner of my eye, I could see one of the teaching assistants was sitting on the floor and I went over to see what the matter was and we had a sickness bug going round school at the time and the poor woman was unfortunately being quite unwell all over the school field and I was trying to help her when a member of the office team just came and whispered Ofsted in my ear (laughs) And then, and then the craziness yeah. <laughs> game. So, yeah, so we had the call. I mean, what's for those of um, those people listening who've been through it, you'll know that you get the admin call first, which is great. So they clarified the number of days the inspection will last for uh, the type of inspection that you're going to have. So we were going to have a section five, which was a full inspection. And then they tell you the name of the lead inspector who's going to be calling you, uh, um, um, in the next sort of 30 minutes so what's great and it's something that people forget you do get time to catch your breath you know you get the admin call but then you get the call afterwards um, that's really useful do you
0: really know it is to just revisit yeah. and, and think about yeah, yeah because
1: you do just need that time pr- primarily really to gather your SLT um, and I think because, because that phone call is so crucial in them testing how well you know your school And the vast majority of the inspection is looking at the evidence to support what you've said in that call. So it's so important that you get it right. And I think just kind of a a top tip really is if you haven't got a speakerphone, make sure you get one Um, because we don't have a speakerphone in our office. And I asked the lead inspector whether he would be happy to call me on my mobile uh, so I could put him on loudspeaker. And luckily, he agreed. But I can imagine potentially some inspectors may say, no, we want to call you on the, the school foo- uh, school phone. Mm-hmm. But by having him on loudspeaker, it meant my deputy could scribble notes and she could join in the conversation. And I think that's just so important because you can't do it by yourself and that's such a key message. So um, that phone call is really important. It lasted about an hour and a half. Um, it didn't it went very, very quickly. It didn't feel like an hour and a half, but but that's how long it was. Um, he asked us about school context. So similar to sort of the, the questions that you've asked us now, uh, wanted to know about the staffing structure. Um, progress since the last inspection so what have we done in the last five years um, reading came up in that phone call because reading will be a um, a key line all the way through the inspections how do we teach reading across the school um, he wanted to know about curriculum so what's the intent what was the implementation what was the impact um subject leadership is very big in the new framework, so he wanted to know where our strengths were, where our areas to improve, and then he also just wanted to know about early years, so again, what was the intent, what was the implementation, uh, and what was the impact of our early years um, there 's always a few um, sort of housekeeping things at the end of the call, so he wanted to know, for example how quickly we could get the timetables over to him, um, and he would then call again once he'd looked at them. But at that point, we didn't know what those clear lines of inquiry were. Um, He just wanted us to update, um, uh, upload a lot of the key documents like the CEPH and the school improvement plan. So we then hang up from him. Again, you've got that time to breathe and tried to pull everything together. So all of the teachers needed to give us um, a two-day timetable. So for us, it was Tuesday and Wednesday. We then sent them through to the inspector. Uh, He had a a perusal and a thought, uh, and thought about what he wanted uh, the days to look like called us back a couple of hours later and then says, right, it's going to be three inspectors um, because we're a large school and one observer. And he outlined what the plans were going to be for day one. So we knew we were going to get um, a reading, a maths, a geography deep dive. Um, We expected the reading. We expected the maths because it's a core subject. We think he went for geography because I'd said that the subject leadership of geography was a strength of the school. Um, He said he wanted to do a deep dive in religious education, which surprised us um, as being a church school, we'd been told that it was unlikely that you would get one in RE because obviously we have our own SIAMs inspections, Um, but that was very much probably determined by the timetables. So he also said he'd be looking at early years, uh, which obviously we expected, SEN to be expected um, and pupil premium and then that's
0: it we wait for it to begin <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks that that's a lot of a lot of information to take in but again really useful i think what I take from just what you've just shared is though that initial phone call about admin and then the, the initial part of the phone call that you had with the, the lead inspector sounds very much reflective of, of what was in the, um, in the Ofsted handbook, the school inspection handbook, which of course um, we are encouraged to reference and know. Um, so it sounds like that some of that was, was to absolutely be expected. Um, and of course those conversations around curriculum, interesting and positive in terms of the fact that they also asked about the EYFS curriculum because it it, that implies that they're looking at how the two curriculums do connect um, and seeing those sorts of things and of course during that conversation there is that opportunity I suppose to to shape a little towards what you might think the deep dives might be into I suppose if if he's picked up on you've said geography is a strength um, and there's there's opportunity there isn't there to discuss that and
1: Yeah, they they came on site for eight. They had about 10 minutes to get to know each other. Uh, I think it was 8.15, they met the staff. And then 8.20... It starts, um, and by eight twenty-one, they are there in an interview uh, with subject leaders. And I think, yeah, it takes you by surprise um, how quickly it all begins, really. Um, Because we had, uh, because we're a large school, we had two inspectors that were very much mirroring each other. So we had one inspector starting with the reading deep dive. We had another inspector starting with the maths deep dives, and the deep dives really followed the same format. Um, They always started with a meeting with the subject leader. They always start with a a meeting, ours were about half an hour long. And then they're going in to observe lessons straight away. So for our reading in particular, they went and observed two year one phonics lessons, because that's what was timetabled to be, on, uh, to, to be happening Tuesday morning. They then listened to the children read to a familiar adult. So they didn't listen to the children read themselves. They listened to the children read to somebody from school. And it was always the bottom uh, 20% that they were targeting. They then went on to watch some phonics lessons in foundation because those happened slightly later in the day. Um, and then over the afternoon, they watched um, how we teach uh, reading comprehension skills uh, to a year four class. They spoke to year five and six children about reading and then they visited story time at the end of the day. It was a very similar situation with maths in that they interviewed the subject leader, observations, pupil voice, uh, book looks, uh, and so on and so forth. So those deep dives very much did follow the same pattern. We had deep dives in Ari and geography on that afternoon. Again, meeting with the subject leaders following the same pattern. And there was also a safeguarding discussion. They also came in to talk to early years on day one.
2: Yeah, day one, I was in with the inspector from 20 past eight. Um, <clears throat> and she wanted to kind of talk through our curriculum straight away. She wanted to see um, how how it kind of um, mapped into the, the year one and the whole school curriculum. She wanted to see what it looked like on paper, which for an early, early years leader was, was a bit scary. Um, but we had it all there. We, I'd written down the three eyes really, you know, and gone into real, real depth. So I was able to speak to her about that. So she she could kind of look at our planning and map it all the way through she also um, spoke to me about my action plan so she wanted to know where I'd identified as as areas for development on my action plan why and then what I was going to do so I have two action plans um, a a normal action plan but I also have an ECAS action plan so I was able to talk talk about both of those um, because we are a very provision-based early years so um and then she talked to me about about um how how we knew that the children had achieved you know and then she came in and had a look into our early years environment wanted to speak to a couple of the children um but didn't quite quite get there because she selected two children who were nonverbal Um, which was interesting it's
0: always the the way isn't it
2: yeah yeah um so yeah so then she came into the environment and we had a look around and and continued our discussions there but the first day was very much about the curriculum and how it fed into whole school curriculum and and the, the development of early years within our school okay
0: Great. So I know kind of like many people, I'm sure uh, I've listened to inspectors speaking and they often talk about what they really want to explore is is what it's like to be a child in this school and the quality of education and certainly from what you've just described about having discussions about the curriculum that 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 feels like that was what was happening um but for you over your inspection period was there any other focus particularly that came through any other lines of inquiry i think the main thing was they just kept looking at this
1: triangulation they all they wanted to know was well ultimately what did the head teacher say was happening in the school then what did the subject leader what was the subject leader saying? Was there evidence in the book and the planning to support that, and could the children articulate that in the learning? So basically, is what the subject leader said would be happening in their subject actually happening so similarly with Alex with early years. Alex can talk about early years but actually is that happening in practice show me the planning give me the children to talk to and show me the floor books or the evidence for their learning and then ultimately does that correlate with what the head teacher said on that pre inspection call as it's just they're just fact
0: finding i think all of the time yeah okay and I know certainly when I was last inspected I picked up fairly quickly on things that the, the inspectors wanted to dig into a little bit more if there was if there was something that perhaps wasn't quite triangulating in that in that way did you get that feel for yourselves oh we did yeah <laughs>
1: We did. What's nice at the end of day one is that as senior leaders, we could sit in on their conversations as observers. We weren't allowed to contribute, but we could hear their train of thoughts. And there are probably two main ones that they wanted to investigate.
2: One was around early years and one was about year one. So do you want to talk about the early years? Yeah, so... Um, they they wanted to come back on day two, um, and it was the lead inspector actually that wanted to meet with me to to discuss in further this kind of, um, triangulation as Emma says the kind of where is where is the planning where is the progression um, and what does that look like within the setting, and I think because we were v- a very provision based setting they wanted to check that the paperwork backed that up really um, and interestingly one of the things he did do was ask Emma to to talk about it not me <laughs> um so i i had to sit and listen to Emma go through all the earliest things and then he allowed me to then chip in and, and discuss that further but he he wanted to know about the specific areas um that children children would be covering at a certain time of the year so his line very much came back to if i was an nqt yeah what would I be expecting to see in the F1 children in you know autumn three or something like that? Um and it was very much as well, we're a unit, so we have the F1s and the F2s. So he wanted to look that the planning track through um from F1 all the way through F2, and that children were building on skills rather than kind of um you know repeating things across the year, which which was you know i had all of the evidence there so i could talk through that with him um and it it was really nice to talk in depth about it a little bit more and it was nice to talk to to the lead inspector um about it because i felt that i needed to explain it a little bit more um, and, he, yeah, he picked physical development yeah. as his area of of kind of looking at. So that's basically what he was looking at. He was looking at progressive across the two years from Key Stage 1 and or, uh, from Key Stage 1, from F1 all the way through to F2. He also wanted to discuss with me the reading. Um, as Emma said, they chose children to read with and they wanted children from the bottom 20%. Those children in the bottom twenty percent including included the SEN children. So one of the child that was picked from from early years um had a story around her. So he wanted to know a little bit more about the challenge and how we challenge the children, um from his observations in the phonics lesson
0: okay yeah and uh, again those messages in terms of that, that's that sequenced curriculum isn't it and, and cumulative knowledge and skills building through that it sounds it sounds like they, they were unpicking further um, and inter- interesting that they asked to speak to Emma um, and for Emma to articulate that as well and certainly I know we we were um, had a session with Phil Mins not so long ago one of the Australian inspectors and and he very kind of clearly said or oh, we we would expect a head teacher to be able to talk about early years um, in a way that they also talk about year six, if that makes sense. So it it sounds like you were put to the test. (laughs) I used to be the head teacher of an infant school, which really
1: helped because (laughs) I do have an understanding of foundation. But yeah, that is something that potentially will catch um, a lot of senior leaders out. Um, They also, their other area that they wanted to delve a little deeper in on day two was year one. And they wanted to check the depth of learning in year one. Um, Our year one setting is possibly slightly different to others in that the children do have periods of formal teaching, but there's also opportunities for them to learn through play in the environment. And the inspectors wanted to check how robust this learning was. They could see it taking place, but actually, was it a superficial uh, level of learning or was it this deep, robust level of learning that they wanted to see? So we had shallow paddles. Now, this was their terminology. So on day two, we had shallow paddles um, in design and technology, looking specifically at year one and also looking at year three and year four. But interestingly, with the shallow paddles, they didn't want to meet with subject leaders They wanted to meet with myself and my deputy. And again, it's how well do you know your school? Um, So they wanted us to show them the planning documents for those respective year groups. They then wanted us to be able to show them where the evidence was in the books and to speak to the children about their learning now we were able to show them the planning quite easily we had the long-term planning overviews and luckily from the discussions that they had with the children they could see that they did have a real depth to their learning um what was really fortunate for us is that our children in year one follow the early years model in that they have floor books so when the inspector was talking to a group of year one children the floor books were there as a prompt and a bit of an aid memoir um which meant that the children could go oh yeah i remember doing this it was brilliant we did this we did this and I learned that which was amazing so floor books in year one settings just fabulous really helped us there show um, that depth of learning
0: yeah, and I think, again, it's just useful to be hearing your experiences because, as you say, not everybody will be potentially approaching their, their key stage one provision like that. Um, but we knew, we know that, you know, we're working with some schools that, that are doing that. So it's useful to see how that's um, viewed, because, again, we know inspectors say they don't have any preferred way of, of how you would approach your pedagogy. Um, you know, that, that is your choice and thinking about um, what's going to work for your children. I think they're quite clear in um, wanting it to be how are you making it as easy as possible for those children to learn um but they do want to speak to the children and, and I think actually for us I go into lots of schools and have varying conversations with children really um but having something that they can prompt into and even displays on walls are also, are also quite useful um but it, it's not just about using them in those instances is it really they they almost form part of your curriculum don't they whilst they demonstrate your curriculum in action they can be use as a tool to to support your curriculum and perhaps revisit oh do you remember when or doing something new and it's a little bit like this so that's that's really interesting because at the end of the day the children
1: are the children are five and six you know and our inspection was March but had it have been June they're potentially asking them to recap learning from September you know when they were only you know maybe only just five so it's a real challenge so as much as you can um, as much evidence as you can use to support the children with their conversations the better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and you see, I've, I've picked up a few times that you, you've kind of said they wanted to see um, certain paperwork and completely understand at the start of the inspection that they, they need to see your school school improvement plan and stuff and such like that you that you upload. But several times you've kind of said they, they wanted to see documents. And um, did you find kind of when when those processes were taking place? Was it about looking at the documents or did, was it more about those quality conversations that you were having around the document, if that makes sense? Um, they frequently posed
1: the question, like Alex said, if I was a teacher in year five, what would I be teaching in the summer term in science, for example? And there and then we had to say, right, just give me a moment, bring it up on your laptop here. They wanted to see that specific learning objective. They wanted to see the evidence in the books that it had been taught, and then they wanted to speak to the children about their learning. So again, it's that triangulation all of the time. And had the children could the children remember what that learning um, was? So it's planning books pupil voice. And I just didn't expect there to be an onus on the planning
2: um, in the same way. What do you think? Yeah, I I was going to come in there because I don't want to scare anybody in 80 Because actually, our planning is very, um, very loose. We do our planning on a whiteboard. I don't have any kind of typed up copies of planning. We take a photograph of it every week. And so I do have evidence. So what they looked at for, for us, yes, I do have a map across the two years from the beginning of F1 to the F2, uh, progressive learning objectives that we want to cover in indirect teaching more, if there's anything that I feel that children need, that we need to, to direct them more with. So that is mapped across two years. But our weekly plan is, like I said, on a whiteboard and we take a photograph of it. Um, and they were quite happy with that. And they looked at that planning and then they looked at the floor book. So they looked at my long-term plan, my long-term objectives that are mapped, and... Um, and then they looked at the photograph of the planning and the floor book, so it 's not beautiful typed you no know, neatly planned in early years because you know we 've got the new profile that says we shouldn 't be spending time doing all that kind of stuff, but they they were happy with what they could see. It was just kind of the thought process of the adults, I think um, yeah. going through that yeah i think that's a really good point to make in terms of and certainly i've been and you said do you want to see our
0: planning and i kind of said if you want to and i remember you opening the the door into what is your kind of eyfs teamwork area and it was it was all um not necessarily beautifully displayed on the on on the whiteboard um but again that I suppose does take us back to that they they don't necessarily want to see planning presented in any specific way okay so um professional conversations obviously do part form part of that triangulation um and obviously they will have spoken to different members of of staff, I, and I would assume, and also governors too. Um, did you yourselves get any feedback from those staff or from governors about how they found those conversations?
1: I think they were more intense than they were expecting. I think they felt that they were fair in terms of the questions that were being asked weren't unreasonable questions, but I don't think they expected um, the depth of perhaps some of the questions. They really did need to know their subjects inside and out, and I think that's something that I would definitely say is a bit of a, a top tip. Really, is that you do need to give your subject leaders the time and support they need to have a thorough understanding of their subject, because they're only going to know what they can know if you can give them the time. So it's crucial that they have release time to, to, to you know, to put the monitoring in place.
0: Um, so it has been great to, to hear about all of those things. Um, and actually, I did pick up, Emma, the, not Emma, sorry, um, Alex, that you said it was nice to be able to have that conversation because actually you could almost showcase what you do know and, and you have that strong belief in what you're doing and why and that depth of understanding as do your team. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that I I was relieved that I was asked to explain myself because I think if I hadn't maybe there had been it would have been a different outcome. Yeah. Um but I think that I mean that's a, a kind of top tip that I've put down. I think don't don't be um worried about engaging in discussion and and ask, asking questions back. I mean I, I said to Emma, "Can I ask him questions?" She said, "Yes, of course you can." So I asked him, you know, h- why he'd come to the conclusion about the challenge in reading. I was able to um ex- offer him some more information about the child that they'd picked which his words were i retract the statement yeah. where i was about early years reading because the child that they picked had a very large story but i was able to produce i think something like a 35 page graduated response on this child um uh-huh. and so therefore they understood the story around her and why she was where she was so um i think that that was really 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 valuable um in that I could explain a little bit more about about what was going on in in okay. the early years.
0: Absolutely. And and again, having those conversations, you're right, you, you should be engaging in those conversations and asking that question because actually you could then get a feel for why they had chosen to go down that that line, as it were. And then you're better placed, I suppose, to answer and give them the information that you've got so they can better understand what what is happening in your school and what is happening for those children. So So okay, so you've touched on a couple of top tips. So you've talked about uh, my microphone on your on your your speaker phone, for your telephone call, maybe you've talked about the importance of subject leaders and, and thinking about how they're being well supported in your school. And you've talked about actually kind of engaging and asking questions back. Are there any other top tips that you kind of wanted to share? I think really it's just, particularly as head teacher, it's just don't underestimate the
1: importance of that initial phone call. You know, you need to be as organised as you can be but don't do it by yourself and I think the new framework is all about leadership at all levels it's not about how good you are as a head teacher it's looking at everybody as a head teacher you can't go through it alone you can't possibly know everything and it's just yeah just being as organized as you can because they're constantly referencing against what you say
2: in that initial hour and a half i I think also as well i mean i've I've written down to say about being unique i mean we are a very unique school when you walk into our 80s department it does look slightly different from what you would see in other places um but i think that celebrate that uniqueness as long as you can um back it up you know as long as you can explain your rationale for things as long as you can explain your curriculum and you can talk through the reasons why why you've um why you've done what you've done i think that that uniqueness should be celebrated um and and uh, don't be afraid to be unique if is kind of what I'm saying yes and we we often
0: talk about you you nobody knows your context and your children better than than you and it's it's about having the confidence to to own it and kind of say this is what we do this is why we do it and I think that's really important not to forget the why behind things and um, this is how we're approaching it and look at what it's doing for our children this has been kind of the impact and and you can if you can talk through that process um, and be used to having those sorts of conversations I guess because in terms of being reflective practitioners they're the sorts of conversations you kind of tend to have don't you not as an in not in depth and intense but as part of your reg- regular professional discussions those threads are what you're unpicking all the time aren't they really um, but it, of course when you're having that conversation with an inspector it does it does feel um, a huge hugely more kind of significant I guess rather than the conversations you're Having with colleagues, but getting into those rhythms of having those conversations, I think are probably
2: useful as well. Yes, yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. definitely. And I think as as one of the things that we are very lucky is that we have a lot of early years um, staff meeting time. Um, You know, Emma looks and sees what's relevant for us to go through whole school, but we have a lot of early years, so we can really unpick the we really unpick the curriculum, really unpick our assessment, and go through it and look at the reasons why we do things. Um, And so all my staff were able to articulate that when they were asked and i think that's that's you know very very valuable
0: yeah absolutely and again that's not just pertinent to early years really I suppose it's whatever phase you're working with in within the school that actually that articulation can take place because as as you've said several times it does come back to that that triangulation doesn't it so well it's been really good to hear your experiences and, and thank you so much for being very honest and genuine about your experiences is there anything else that you kind of wanted to wanted to share no I mean it's you know it's an exhausting time
1: it's but it's exhilarating at the same time because like Alex said, you are showing off your school and you know we're all proud of our schools that we work in we spend so long here um, you know so you do whatever the outcome you know we, you know, you do end on a high because you know you've put your case forward and you feel passionately about the school that you work in so no good luck to everybody Uh, who's going
0: through well thank you very much and I think uh, I want to say a really kind of big well done to you on your achievements and I don't know you are really proud of your school and that's really how we kind of connected um and I know that my colleague Luella she's coming to do a partner school event with you soon and she's really looking forward to to meeting you all um so until then best wishes for the rest of the term and uh, and take care take care Bye. bye bye Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope you found it a valuable listen and that you've taken some things away to reflect on or maybe things that you want to discuss with your colleagues. Of course, remember, if you want to talk about any of the issues that we've explored today or you need support with other matters in your school, then do feel free to drop me an email, sarah at earlyexcellence.com or why not get connected with me on LinkedIn or Twitter? Anyway, take care and join me next time for some more genuine head-to-head conversation.